Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Reginald Atatula. His name is Blake Elliott. Looking like Sideshow so, side Bob. Appreciate you rolling with us on a Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. We got Ross Lebensky. On the ones and twos, I got him working already. Show just started, and that man is running up and down. But I appreciate him for his hard work, and I appreciate you rolling with us um, and getting involved, which you can always do by texting into the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. Again, 877-881-1053. You can also see our smiling faces by searching 105 through the fan on YouTube, going to twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam, and getting involved there. Um, I'll try and make sure to... Shout you out when I see you, like Lady T, 12 Elevator, Player President, Gregory, Finesse, all y'all. Appreciate you hanging out with us on a Valentine's Day here in the Metroplex. Blake, how you living, my man? Uh, I'm feeling good. You know, um, my voice is a little bit better from yeah. the last time we talked. Got a little bit of rest. Um, as you can tell from Crosstalk, fired up. Um, I know some sad stuff happened today that I'm sure we'll get to as well. Sure. So, so a little bit of in between. It's, 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 it's probably my first time being on the show with something like this happening, so... A lot of stuff that happened in the sports world, though. Absolutely. A lot of stuff that happened locally as well Mm -hmm. of import. We'll talk about that, including I want to get into the Mike Zimmer press conference now, get you some audio here shortly. Uh, But your Dallas Mavericks getting in in action tonight as they will welcome in Victor Wimbayama and the San Antonio Spurs. That is an 11-win basketball team. Not a particularly good one, but you get to see Big Vic. Do a little bit. Hopefully, of, you get to see him this time. Because remember, last time he yeah. played, he, the ball boy, and he didn't play. So yeah, yeah. So at least, hopefully, you get to see that level of fun. And also, uh, the third game in this iteration of the new Mavs. What What are the things that come together in addition to Derek Lively yep. being available on this evening? Uh, obviously, he had you know the neck sur- or neck nose rather surgery uh, on Monday to get that all straightened out. So he should he's available for tonight. We'll see. What kind of, I don't know, what kind of usage he gets? Because mm-hmm. I don't know how much practice he has been actively doing while the nose has been recovering. So I don't know how many minutes you want to throw at him, throw at him off top. You know, um, do they want to try and ease him back in? Will he start even, especially knowing that Daniel Gafford is somebody that they feel comfortable yep. starting from time to time. So that is also something to take into consideration. But a big day when it comes to, um, when it comes to Dallas sports and I wanted to go back to Mike Zimmer's introductory press conference. Um, your defense, your new defense coordinator was reintroduced in a way 
mm-hmm. on this day because uh, he had previously been a defensive coordinator with your Dallas Cowboys in the late 90s, early aughts. And now he is back again to be the defensive coordinator of this team. He had a press conference that you could have heard right here on 105.3 The Fan at 2 p.m. earlier today. And I want you to I want to get you some kind of highlights of what we saw or what we heard rather from this press conference and just kind of react to him, Blake, because I thought Zimmer and of course Mike uh <clears throat> Mike McCarthy was also uh at this presser. I thought it interesting that Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones weren't there. It felt nice that they packaged it in this way. And starting off, Mike Zimmer talking about it, he really wanted to he really focused on the fact that the opportunity to work with Mike McCarthy was a big part of being here with this team. But I, I did want to start um, here. Mike Zimmer, had he was asked about the pieces that are on this team and how he might be able to improve this defense. Yeah, well, it's a, hopefully I can. Um, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, I know there's been some situations where um, <clears throat> things haven't happened, but that happens in coaching. You know, it all happens a lot. So um, we're going to look at the, the players, try and figure out the best way to use them, um, put the scheme together. Um, and again, you know, we, we want to take the good things that they've done and maybe add a few more other things that we've done good in the past and try to try to make this thing manageable where, you know, we're disciplined and we're, um, you know, well coached, we're um, play together as a team. Um, you know, we try to we try to make sure everybody understands their role so that other people on the on the field can have success doing their job. I like that. I like that. I, I think we heard some points and I'm glad that question was asked. Because I, that's kind of where my mind was. The guys that are there, have you done? Are, are you going to continue to improve on them? And then what, what what's going to change? And I, he said, I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. It's not going to be a whole new defensive scheme that no one's seen before. And all these guys are learning a whole new defense and we're going to be behind the eight ball. Because that was a little bit of speculation going into it with a new, new DC. You're, you're in all in mode. They're going to have to learn a whole new defense. And he's like, hey, I'm going to attack what they were good at and we're going to continue doing that. And we'll get to some uh, more detailed quotes about kind of that discipline later. But kind of detailing it there to like, hey, the things that we weren't good at, I, I'm going to make sure that I, I'm on top of. So it I, I was encouraging to hear. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but uh, it was definitely encouraging to hear. Yeah, I, I thought that that was, was cool to hear as well because, I mean, it seems to be obvious. I don't think anybody takes this job if they don't think that they can work with the pieces, but it's nice to know in especially a year that feels like uh, this is a single season situation. There's no guarantee after this one. There's not going to be very – I don't want to have any ex, uh, excuses in week four or week five that, well, but there's a whole bunch of – it's a new system and everybody's trying to get on board. No, the expectations are that you need to be good and you need to hit the ground running and you need to figure out a way to make this go. And so I don't think that's exactly what he's saying there, but I think in some regard the idea is like, look, man, we're fitting this to what's happening. We're, we're kind of – making this work as opposed to just like, hey, we're going to overhaul this because I don't think that overhaul is something that is re- a reasonable expectation Correct. in the span of one, uh, one offseason, one training camp. Yeah, you know? I, he kind of talked about a good amount of time. I, the pieces are there. like, and, and, and I would agree with that. For the most part, outside of linebacker, I think you get, it's safe to say most of the pieces are there. You got some good players to work with. It's not like it's just a bottom five defense. And if anything, it's been a top five, top ten defense the last couple years. So hopefully uh, Mike, not McCarthy, Zimmer, can step in and just retool this defense in the places of weakness and not really have to worry too much about the places of strength because it was already good, and that's why he said it up. Not reinventing the wheel and uh, building on their strengths. Yeah. 
Uh, and as we continue, like there was a lot of things. I, I was actually a little surprised because at first I go, okay, it's a press conference, particularly if Jerry's sitting there, this is going to be a half-hour press conference. Then I was like, oh, it's just Zimmer and then probably McCarthy. Maybe this goes a little short. He talked for a while. He talked for uh, about 30. Yeah, about 30 minutes. And so there was a lot of things to parse over. I thought this was interesting. And I think that we're getting into – we'll get into some of the stuff that I'm really interested in because uh, here in Cut 10 – he talks about, you know, his connection with Deion Sanders, who is obviously like there was kind of talk around him working with Deion mm-hmm. um, at Jackson State in Colorado, which I think he tried to do a little bit of cleaning up on what the narrative was there. But then also, I think that he had a really interesting thought on younger guys. Yeah, well, uh, first thing is, is that, you know, Deion and I connected here many, many years ago. I didn't know him at all. Um, you know, the first time I met him, uh, you know, he basically had an entourage with him and, you know, the change and all the stuff. And we be- we've become unbelievably great friends. Um, you know, he's I haven't spent as much time at, at uh, Jackson State in Colorado as people think. Um, quite honestly, I was at Jackson State two days, and I have never been to Colorado. But we talk on the phone a lot. He asked me a lot of questions about coaching and and coaches and coaching and and different things but um, you know so and as far as the second question um, you know there's a reputation out there that I'm a jerk or something like that which it is what it is I guess but um, but you know since I since I since it was announced that I was going to be here I've heard from so many players that played for me uh, Players here, not just defensive backs, but linebackers and defensive linemen, uh, texted me and said how happy they are for me. And I think if I was such a jerk, I wouldn't be hearing from those guys. I found that to be interesting. I know that he, he's like, uh, at one point, he was kind of talking about that idea of him being, I guess, the jerk. Jerk was the word that was used throughout the press conference. And I don't remember exactly what the wording was, but there was one of those times where he, in his response, uh, he was like, you know, people call me a jerk, and I mean, so be it. And I was like, okay, that sounds like the response of somebody who is absolutely a jerk. Mm-hmm. Basically, the whole context was just like, you know, basically they were like, McCarthy's kind of like the players' coach; he's the nice guy, and Zimmer's kind of sure. like the the sure. tough yeah, one. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, like, mom and dad is basically what they were saying, right? And I, I think that it's fun because it, it, it was mentioned like three times. In fact, one of the times he gets on uh, David Moore of Dallas Morning News about calling him a jerk at one point or using that word, and it's like, look, man. I understand that that gets to people's souls in a little way, but in a way, I also think that that's some of the appeal of Mike Zimmer here yeah, yeah. this this year. I think that there's a lot of people, at least around the organ or outside of the organization, rather, that look in and are like that seems to be something that they're interested in and that they want in a way um, is that level of I guess being a hard ass, mm-hmm. right? I don't think anyone's going to be mad at, at at Zim for being a hard ass. I think they want someone that's going to hold people accountable. And you can kind of read in between the lines and kind of what he said pretty much the whole press conference is I'm gonna I'm gonna teach discipline. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure these guys are on their P's and Q's. I'm not out here to look cute and just run around and, and do this. Like we will have a disciplined football team. And I think a lot of people were excited to hear that because the last taste of memory the Cowboys fans have is getting smacked by the Packers. And there hasn't been a lot of open media availability since then, other than Jerry talking about the all in stuff. So this is kind of one of the first times to hear from the coaching staff of what's what's going to be the mantra going into next year. And I, um, for what it's worth, I think Zimmer did a good job handling it. Uh, I know that, uh, yeah, he absolutely handled this well. And I, I found this interesting. If this is indeed the right cut, um, help me out here. Um, 
in this cut six, uh, he was asked if he studied the game while he was away, um, like Mike McCarthy did. Well, I did. I did some some of that. Um, you know, a lot of it. I I did a lot of reflection on. Um, what my time in Minnesota, you know, the eight years, the things that I felt like we did good, the things um, that I felt like I didn't do as good, trying to figure out, you know, how I can be a better coach in the future. Um, obviously, there was all, always some tape watching and, and uh, things like that. Marvin and I, Marvin Lewis and I was a great friend. Um, you know, we did a podcast, and then afterwards we'd sit on there and um, we'd watch tape together and talk about players and talk about schemes and things like that. But a lot of it was a lot of it was reflection on um, you know what I did well and what I didn't do well. I found that interesting because obviously it was directly juxtaposed with Mike McCarthy when he came in, where he was like, "Yeah, I did the whole Mike McCarthy project and those things." But it does sound nice that like he didn't try and make this a grandiose thing, but he did. He says that he went and he did some like kind of self scouting in a way. I also like how I'm not sure if it was in that direct cut or if it was a different part, but I think he had said I when I was asked how much film he watched, he goes, "I watched about half the games." Like, in I, fact, I can play that one yeah, for you. Yeah. That's that's actually uh, I believe cut 14 here, mm-hmm. where he was asked like what stood out from watching mm-hmm. uh, the Cowboys this past season. Well, you know, I've, I've obviously watched a lot of games, but I watched several games on tape, I don't know, maybe half the season or something like that, just kind of trying to get a feel of the players and, and things. But, uh, um, you know, obviously offense is best best in the, in the NFL, which I'm not sure I ever had that before. Um, so keep that up, would you? And, and uh, um, you know, and then defensively, I got some terrific players. You know, I watched a lot of these these guys, and um, you know, and you watch the excitement. You, you know, the, the the fans in Dallas. You know, I I know they live and die with the Cowboys, but you know, this everybody loves the, the Dallas Cowboys. These fans, and you know, that's part of the part of the draw too, is to be excited about having uh, such outstanding loyal fans that uh, live and die with you every Sunday. Uh, I'll be honest. The 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 first part I liked more than the second. Part. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really care for the fan talk, and that was a draw, and all these fans because they're not happy with you. It, not, not necessarily you right now with the organization. Right? It you also know? was it was a lot less smooth, which yeah. would lead me to assume, right? And of course, I'm doing a lot of assuming here and speculating, but it would lead me to assume that that was less of the, less of like the genuine. These are the things that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Like it felt more, and I honestly. Again, speculation. It felt more like a, hey, this is a point that I need to hit. Yeah. I need to find a way oh, to work I, I in. Anything about the fans. Understanding, understanding the way that the fans are. I wouldn't even be surprised if Jerry Jones was like, hey, dog, right? You're going to be in front of these microphones. You might want to see a way to, you know, make sure the fans know. That, Cowboys got to put something on social media. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it was nice hearing. He's looking around. He's like, look, man, it feels, I don't know. I guess I have to put this outward. Do you feel better hearing it from someone who was outside of this building looking around and being like, yo, this team is not that far away, right? Rex Ryan said something similar in his kind of comments of why he was interested in this job over any other job that possibly could interest him. Mm-hmm. Or And then you have Mike Zimmer saying that, of course, mm-hmm. admittedly, as he has taken the job that, you know, hey, this, but I know there's a lot of Cowboys fans that are like, look, man, you can say they're close. It don't mean nothing to me. But I do wonder if that's if that sounds a little different with a guy who was outside of this building. Yeah. So two points ahead on uh, the fan text. Two one four mentioned it. And it's kind of what I was saying before. I like how he didn't mention and lie that he watched all the games. He was clear and honest. So that that helps me just have a little bit more 
trust in him. He was like, hey, I watch about half the games, and I'm sure he'll watch more as he's in the building. So I appreciated that honesty. I, I don't. No one likes someone that's being um, lying and not being truthful. Um, and then the second part, when it comes to the Cowboys being close and kind of right at that rim, I mean, I would agree that doesn't feel too far off because they have the all pros. They have the players, the personnel. Like I said, outside of linebacker, I got to keep specifying that. Outside of that, the players are there. It's not like you have a bum team. So I get why most people would think that and why he would uh, share that same sentiment. It's kind of just been a mentality thing and some weird playoff hump that they can't get over. So I would assume every coach that comes in, especially one like Zimmer, who's a little bit more of a tenacious, fiery dude, it's going to be uh, tough on you. It's going to be like, hey, if, if all you need is me, and Rex is kind of somewhere, all you need is someone like me to turn just really talented, high-flying defense around, and we're right there. And it could be. It could be a team where they just all, all they're missing was mentality and they make this super great run. Or it could be kind of same old Cowboys. You're just kind of recycling coaches. And I wouldn't be surprised by that either. But it doesn't surprise me to hear him say that because the personnel has been there outside of linebacker. And I, I do think this team personnel-wise is on the cusp. Like when you look around the rosters, you're not like, wow, this team's super far off. They don't got this. They got all the pieces. They got a lot of pieces, I should say. Before we go, I, I found this one interesting. Um he was also asked, what has not changed? Because a lot of people have asked, you know, you know, what has changed, especially when you're looking at a dude who was a little bit older. There's kind of the almost ageism of it where we're like, I don't know, have you kept up with this? He was asked, what hasn't changed since he was last with the Cowboys? These guys that have been here saw me 18 years ago. They've evolved. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sitting there. And I think I've evolved, too, or otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. But, um, you know, I, I'm demanding. I try, I try to get the best out of the players. But, you know, to me, there's a difference. You know, I had one player who was a, a terrific player, and you could not yell at him. You had to put your arm around him. You had to talk to him, whisper. He didn't like to be reprimanded in front of people. And so that's what I did with him, and he became a, a terrific player. Other players, you know, I'd get after, and, you know, I'd, I'd probably know some of the game, names. He, one of them was here. Um, but uh, like, I'll say it to him, Pac-Man Jones, right? He he gives me the biggest hugs now when I see him, but I, you know, you know we ha we've had our our issues, you know, going back and forth, and um, you know, uh, you know I think everybody's different. You try to you try to hit the button, however it is is to make them better. And what what we kind of missed there at the very beginning, the first word, competitiveness, mm -hmm. right? And he mentioned that you know he's gonna he's going to demand you know a certain level of excellence out of his players. But then I did love that on the back end, and this is what gives me a lot, a lot of uh, solace is he talked about being a hard ass and being a jerk. But he's like, look, man, I understand that you can't coach everybody the same way, and that was the thing that concerned me when everybody's like, yeah, you need a hard ass. I'm like, not everybody needs to be coached the same. And I do appreciate that, even though he's he, aware he'll get to that point. There's an awareness that you everybody can't be coached that way, and you hope that that will allow him to. Get you know, speak to all of the guys in that locker room, demand the accountability that's necessary, and ultimately get the production that's necessary for the Cowboys to reach the goal that the Cowboys fans and the Cowboys themselves have set them set for themselves. Finally, reach that goal that begins now as Mike Zimmer is your defense coordinator. Yeah, man, talk is cheap. Where I think most Cowboys fans, myself included, want to see some actions, but I think his presser was as well as you could have done. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. We'll talk a little bit more about the Mike Zimmer press conference, not in its entirety, but one of the things that could mean something uh, big for your Dallas Cowboys. We'll do that at 9 p.m. But coming up next, we got a little bit more insight into the Mavs organizational hierarchy. Does this make sense, and does it drive what they've been telling us previously? We'll discuss it next on The Fan.
It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yeserski. Thanks for rolling with us on a Valentine's evening in the Metroplex. Uh, Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos and you. Uh, always get involved by texting into the trekwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. In about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, we will uh, get you, we'll go around the NFL, get you some um, news and notes from the National Football League. On what a tough day, right? A day that's supposed mm-hmm. to be jubil, you know, have a lot of jubilation, but ended up at least in Kansas City being, you know, really sad. And uh, we'll mention that, but then also some other things uh, from around the NFL. Like again, we'll do that in about fifteen minutes. But right now, I did want to talk about your Dallas Mavericks. They are going to get in action here shortly, probably in another ten minutes or so, uh, and tip off against the San Antonio Spurs, who are visiting with uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, have we got? I imagine that we have the starting lineups. We'll we'll check on those and get those yeah. to you. I believe uh, Derek Lively, the second, should be he is available rather yep. to go. And I'd like to see if he starts or how many minutes Gafford. they ultimately give him. Gafford, Gafford is the starter, mm-hmm. so maybe they're going to be a little bit more cautious as he comes back, gets back to getting active. Uh, but not, not on the court, right? The, on the court, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening throughout the evening. But Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News was able to talk to. Uh, Patrick Dumont, if you're not familiar with that name, he is a part of the Adelson family that bought uh, the, the ownership rights of the Dallas Mavericks. And he is also the new, he's the new governor, which in a way is like the, the primary decision maker when it comes to NBA, National Basketball Association things, you know, the meetings and all those things. He would be the the guy that is the point person. And so he is the succeed, the successor rather of Mark Cuban, who was previously the governor as he was the owner mm-hmm. of the team. And so we have not gotten a lot of, you know, conversation or heard a lot from the Allison family and, uh, you know, the Dumont family and all those things. So it was very interesting to be able to get some information from him as to why and how they, they went about um, the pur- purchasing of this team. And let's start there. Uh, Brad Townsend asked why, and it really seemed to border on the idea that the family, the Allison family, the DeMont family, loves basketball. Uh, he talked about how he's been a fan since he was young of basketball in general. His family loves it, and they also, they've been looking for about a decade, is what he said, at maybe buying into the NBA, and the thing that held them back, I guess, was having the right place, the right situation, they said, and I'll read this verbatim. But we were always looking for the right situation, one where we felt we could connect with the local community, where there were good reasons for us to be there, and where we knew a little bit about it, we had someone to part- partner with. Obviously, that would uh, indicate Mark Cuban in this way. So I found that interesting just because he did mention the community. Now, of course, this is one of those things where that could just be a point of, hey, guys, you know, we're comfortable here. But I know there was a lot of people that were concerned when you see a, a family that's you know does a lot of their business in Las Vegas. That's a place without a team. There's a lot of people that were concerned. They've they've tried to make it clear that they're not moving this team, but it did. It was nice to see that at least there is the you know the the word service towards the idea that the community here matters to them. Yeah, I mean it's what you want to hear as a as a Dallas resident, as a, a DFW resident in large, that uh, someone was looking at our community and, and found like he found a home. And like Reggie said, maybe it's just a little bit of lip service. There you but go. I, but I, I think it is something that you you enjoy hearing that the the new owner, one of the big reasons and one of the first things that came out of his mouth was the community, the right place, the right time. And we all know Mark Cuban, great business person, great salesperson, knows how to talk. So obviously felt comfortable doing a deal with him. And from the looks of it, 
Obviously, short-term right now, nothing's really changed with the Mavericks. I know some people were expecting change immediately and rebranding the team and all this and players getting traded. I don't I don't think anything on the surface is going to change. It's going to be more behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe a new building years from now. So it seems like Patrick Dumont is um, in good standing with the fans and with the players, and I, I saw that he had met some of the players after the game the other night. So it seems like all is well on that front. So he, he did a good job. We got these new people in Dallas doing a decent job in their media availability. Yeah. Now, as far as like the situation of like where Mark stands, um, there was he was asked uh, Patrick Dumont that w- is was asked, you know, what kind of role uh, Dr. Adelson would have. And well, I guess he was talking about and that's Miriam Adelson um, and said that she would just kind of, you know, obviously if, if attend some games and those types of things be supportive. I'm trying to find again where it was the idea of Mark Cuban. I know that he he's talked about the ways of like him being that governor um and not necessarily having that basketball operations role cuz he did go as far as to say that Nico Harrison was like basketball head of basketball operations which was supposed to be kind of the title that Mark Cuban was supposed to have you know as we were starting to unravel what this meant which makes me one go I think it's good that Nico Harrison is having that full space to ex- you know exert his power because we've seen him be pretty good as a general manager. But then also that raised the question, what is Mark Cuban's role going to really yeah. be? Because at first it was kind of told to us like it was kind of going to be he's still going to run things on a day-to-day basis. But the more and more and the further along we get, it feels like he's just kind of going to be a, uh, a glorified consultant in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it's seeming like his his role might be diminishing. Um I have full faith in, in, in whatever. I know it's some people have kind of turned their back on the Mark Cuban side of things. I, I know him personally. He's very stand-up dude. So I, I have full faith in whatever capacity he's associated with the Mavericks, that it will be in good standing, whether that's – because think about it. In, in these DFW teams, we already had owners that kind of put their hand, handprint too much on the team, and we complained about that. Now we have an owner that realizes, hey, maybe this isn't my strength anymore doing X and Y in the organization. I'm going to hire someone that can fund the team, being the the Adelsons. I'm going to hire someone that really knows the basketball operations and has all these connections in Nico, and I'm going to fill in my role where, where, where needed. So I have no pushback on that. Where his actual role is, I'm sure – we're like we're like right now we're learning more, but we'll never truly truly know unless Mark just comes out and says this is what I do on a day to day basis. It'll be a lot of speculation. But I think as a Mavs fan, you should um, feel good that Mark has the best interest of the team. Is they've been top two in uh, attendance for the last couple of years, so y'all are doing a good job coming. And I think Mark's going to continue to do a good job uh, taking care of the team or whoever is at the top taking care of the team. Well, I mean, as we know, Patrick Dumont is going to be that guy who's going to be uh, in charge of all these things. But, I mean, he was also asked, right, the idea of a lot of people wondering whether the Sands Corporation was trying to get here to, like, you know, get into the gaming portion of it. And he said, no, as a family, we've been wanting to be a part of the Texas business community. We think it's a great place to be. Dallas is a growing city. A lot of positive factors in Dallas from perspective of owning an NBA franchise. It's probably a top five market, could easily go into top four in the next couple of years. There's a lot of compelling reasons why this franchise has an unbelievable future in front of it. And it was inc- incredibly compelling for us to invest with Mark and go ahead and do this. So for us, the public company is something that we really focus on. But my position was our family decide- decision to acquire a team. Love to hear it. Yeah, and I, I think that 
I don't know that that's necessarily going to entirely assuage the idea that, hey, man, the, 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 the gaming or the gambling is what they are here for. But, I mean, it does seem like a lot of this is they want to they want to be here for the team. And I do think that, that I, I, that's comforting for me, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that if you're an owner, you're not just doing this for the things that come along, the side projects, the real estate development, those types of things, which I imagine are still going to be pluses. If you're here for the basketball, that's the stuff that the fans care about, right? Yeah. It's one of the things we've talked about with the Cowboys. That valuation don't do nothing for none of the, nobody that wears, um, you know, wears that star because they're a fan or you know because they are in the DFW, right? It really is the product that you put on the court or the field or whatever that the people that are listening to us, the people that are following your team, care about. And so, giving any level of idea that that's what you're in it for too at least in part is something that I, I I'm loving to see because it feels weird that you have to go and find that but it did feel like we were kind of questioning it on how much the basketball aspect mattered to them mm-hmm. and again it could be lip service but it did seem like Patrick Dumont the new governor of this team went went out of his way to make sure that hey the basketball portion of it is something that we care about and I ask you this Reggie do you want an owner in Dumont being super involved in the team, not that involved, kind of behind the scenes. Ah, seems like the best owners that we've had in most pro, most pro sports have been the ones that you don't hear that much about until it's something where someone else is like, man, well, they've been making good moves for five, six years now, and who's this owner? And, oh, he's got this, and he actually pulled off this move versus the guy that's all over the news. Right. All entangled in every, every trade that gets happened. I had a hand in this. I did this, and they're letting you know, so. Which one do you prefer? It's it's the, it's the ones who establish a good hierarchy, like hire good people, empower them to do their jobs, and sign the checks, yep. right? And so that was why I was kind of uh, impressed with the idea, hey, Nico Harrison is here. He is the president of basketball operations. He has a lot of leeway here. You've empowered him. Make sure that you give him the, the cash and the funding to be able to execute his vision for what this is. And let him do his work, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that that has been, you know, sometimes a little bit of a problem. And I, again, I don't want to like bash a Mark Cuban necessarily. That's not my goal. I don't think that's all that productive in this place. But there is an argument to be said, like the ways in which Mark Cuban and the way that he has not made clear hierarchy over the years mm-hmm. has added to confusion in this organization. Hell, there was a there was a whole draft. Where And we've seen the reporting where, like, the people that were involved were not on the same page and you didn't know who was actually running the show. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like we're starting to see that hierarchy clear up um, a little bit better as this goes along. And I think that for the most part, as you mentioned, the, the good organizations have a clear hierarchical structure and they have owners that support their people because they know that they have the right people in place. Right. And it feels like the Mavericks are moving ever closer to that. Not saying that they were entirely broken before, but it does seem like they're moving even closer to that, I guess, platonic ideal of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they're moving in the right space. Um, the the clear hierarchy is, is to some people more important than others, and I think for the organization to run its best, like Reggie said, empowering the right people, signing the checks, not stepping on people's toes. I think when you have a lot of money like that, it, it's – you get a lot of power. You, you've done some great things, and you want to be the one to call the shot. And understanding that, hey, that's not my shot to call, or maybe someone else can call that a little bit better, and empowering those people is, is actually a, a good sign of humility and actually the, the greatest strength you can show. And I think we're starting to move towards that direction. But um, I still believe that Mark will be heavily involved in whatever capacity it may be.
Let's get right right here on 105.3. The fan Mavs should tip off against the Spurs here shortly. Daniel Gafford will start again, but Derek Lively the second. We'll be back after uh, having that that broken nose and getting it readjusted and all those things. So it'll great. To, it'll be great to finally see those two guys play together. See the I guess the new twin towers of the Dallas Mavericks. See how that goes in. You know, with a little bit of a a little bit of a the rotation as you start to figure it out for Jason Kidd. Um, but we'll keep you up to date with what's happening there. Coming up next on the Get Right, we go around the NFL. There's a firing that's happened in the NFL. We'll discuss that and more coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So get right right here on 105.3. The fan, Reginald Datatula, here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yeah, Thanks for rolling with us on a Valentine's Wednesday uh-huh. here in the Metroplex. Uh, Ross Lebensky's on the ones and twos for you. You can always get involved by texting into the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. As, oh, Victor Wimyama, he's doing things early against your Dallas Mavericks. They welcome in the Spurs at the AAC. 11-4 to is the Spurs lead very, very early. I mean, just a few minutes into this one. We'll let you know what's happening at the AC as the night continues. But right now, we got to go around the NFL here on the Get Right yep. on 105 through the fan. And I, I think it only makes sense to start with what has, you know, was a really tragic thing to hear today. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the Super Bowl happened this Sunday and the Chiefs making it back to Kansas City have the, you know, the typical parade. It is a, you know. A tradition that goes back as as far as I can remember, and you know, just you have a celebration when you win a championship, and it really was supposed to be a day of celebration, but unfortunately, um, once I mean towards the end of the parade, um, an individual decided to you know sh- shoot people at uh, the parade. Unfortunately, one person has died, and twenty one others have been wounded. As as we know right now and just a tragic thing to happen on a day that's supposed to be for celebration um especially it, it's kind of crazy when you think about it in comparison to the fact that the last uh last championship parade that happened was in Arlington right with your Texas Rangers and I would be lying if I said that like going to a gathering of a whole bunch of people I know multiple people had that conversation of is that where I want to be when that happened in November right 
And so to have those fears like validated in a way is really terrifying. In addition to the fact that obviously I don't want to be crass, right? Like the, clearly the biggest thing is, hey man, people died, right? And people are going to have to deal with the fallout of being shot, including the fact that I, I know that at least nine of those shot were children as far as I, last time I checked and possibly more, right? Like that's a traumatic experience um, of actually being shot or being in the vicinity of like that level of, you know, shooting and all those types of things. So a really terrible thing that happened in Kansas City today is uh, 22 people hurt. One of them passed away on this day. Yeah, it's um, there's not really much words that you really can say. I mean, it's a day of celebration. Think about all the people that have probably never been to a parade, all the children that have never seen something like this and they decide to go to this large gathering and it's ruined by some stupid individuals that decide that whatever they have in their head is more important or they want to ruin someone's happiness. And I, I'm sure that um, there'll be a bunch of people on TV in the next couple of days talking about gun control and rights and all this stuff. But my, my biggest thing is, man, we, we, we got to check on the people walking down the sidewalk, man. Like we, we, we have to check on each other and make sure that, mental health that's like the biggest thing that i took away from this is like we can talk about guns all day long it could have been a knife that did this it could have been a bomb it, it, it could have been a lot of different things yes guns are very deadly and i think there should be laws in place that things like this don't happen but man like there is a america is ill right now like the fact that this happened and i called one of my friends and they had no idea that it happened and when i told them they go well why is this like this happens every day and it's true like, this isn't an isolated situation. It just happened to happen on the on one of the bigger stages in, in the sports world took took news to it. I mean, there there was shootings yesterday. There will be shootings again tomorrow. There will be innocent people killed day after day. For, for what reason? Like, we, we can talk about laws all day long and all that stuff, and I'm sure people will, but America is just in a, in a tough place. And it's not just America. The world's in a tough place. But it, it, it really does sadden me that something as as – as nice as a celebration for a whole city ends with something like this. And I saw videos circling online of the, the guns that were there. Like these were not pistols. These were full on automatic rifles that people brought to a celebration. And it, it's disgraceful. Shout out to the couple fans that I saw on Twitter that were tackling these people with their putting their own life at risk and decided to stop one of the armed shooters. Like it, just make, make sure you text your people, man. It's, it's a sad. It's a sad day to call yourself an American. I, I can be honest with that. It's, it's just. It's another day in America. At some point, it's got to stop. Yeah, the tough part about it is, look, man. We could say that, hey, man, it happens everywhere, but I mean, it doesn't, right? Like this, mm-hmm. it's 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 not entirely uniquely American, but to the extent that it is, it's American. And as much as there's going to be a lot of conversation about what particular way you go about trying to address this, the thing that really grinds my gears is the idea that there's a lot of folks that are disingenuous about it either way. Um, and because if you if you say that this is not the guns and it's mental health or what have you, all right, do something about the mental health. Because that's the thing that really upsets me mm-hmm. is if, if you're in a place where you just want to, you're worried about the guns more than you are about actually fixing the situation, because, and I, you, that's evidenced by the idea that, okay, whatever you say is the issue, put, put, put your money behind it. Put your effort behind it, I mean, and that's the thing that really upsets me is that I don't, you don't see the actual tangible um, benefits of or you know manifestation of the efforts to actually curb this. And, yeah, at what point is it too know. much, Reggie? 
Well, who, the, who, who, who has to who has to get taken out for it to be too much? The, pro- the problem is, I don't know. Look, look, man, we saw a whole we saw a whole bunch of babies get killed. That's In fact, we, we saw a whole bunch of babies get killed part two more recently, because don't forget, like Newtown, Connecticut shooting. And mm-hmm. we have not seen. So I don't know what it is. Right. And I'm not here to really talk politics. It's no. not really what this this uh, the station is about at this point. But. Hey man, it comes to you, right? Like that's the problem is like this stuff is so prevalent that it comes to where you are, right? And you mentioned, hey man, it's supposed to be a day or a situation that's fun and uh, what that, you know, all that when it comes to the celebration or parade. But look, the bad stuff is going to come to the good places. You can't really silo this stuff off. And until we deal with it, you're going to have more and more circumstances where the fun is trodden upon because we refuse to acknowledge it's sad well i'm not not talking about us but i'm just saying in general america we'll go back to our regular programming in a couple days and act as if this didn't happen like we'll just go back to life and hey man remember when that happened a couple years ago and it's sad like i don't know what has to happen for change change to be had because i imagine that was your own family man like i it's just sad man little kids man going to celebrate their team man i mean people uh but look uh, again, 22 injured, one uh, deceased at the side of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade because uh, gunshots rang out. Um, let's continue around the NFL to maybe <laughs> le- less uh, less depressing news, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, maybe, I, I mean, it's not necessarily fun for uh, Steve Wilkes, who was previously defensive coordinator of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. He was let go today, or at least we learned of him being let go today. Only one year as a defensive coordinator with uh, the Niners, he came on to fill the role that was vacated by D'Amico Ryans when he goes to take the Houston Texans job. And so Steve Wilkes in that defense, not a bad one, but ultimately uh, Kyle Shanahan says that it wasn't the right fit. And he is fired after one season of work there, remember Steve Wilkes was a guy who was, un- who was fired after like a-, a really strong interim stint with the Panthers, so that really stinks for him in particular. Uh, what were your thoughts on that news? Steve Wilkes out after a year yeah. San Francisco. Uh, some interesting news. So as soon as I saw it, I was vigorously on 49ers Twitter trying to figure out a reason. And to kind of add to what you said, Mike Shanahan, or Kyle Shanahan, Mike, excuse me, also said Wilkes' issue of not marrying the pass rush to the coverage was one of the reasons that he was let go. Also, Nick Bosa on Tuesday, quote, the zone re got us a couple times, referring to the Super Bowl. We could have been more prepared there. We have to know in crucial situations who is going to have the ball, and obviously it's Mahomes. We could have been more prepared. And then also to add to the point, um, the, the the Chiefs just – I mean, not the Chiefs, the 49ers, I don't, I don't think the reason they lost that game was because of the defense. You let up – you let up what? Two touchdowns. One was in your own, in your own uh, territory, and one was a um, – was the one where they got it off the the blocked uh, not the blocked one but the fumble the muff muff punt yeah like it wasn't like Mahomes was going up and down the field left and right scoring touchdowns like I'm not sure that this is a firing that happens because of the Super Bowl I feel like this is this is just an issue that they have all the way across like it felt like this definitely wasn't as good of a defense as it was prior mm-hmm. and um, it seems and like it was a scheme thing too kind of the way that that uh, Shanahan's talking about it. just like the schemes not fitting right and we've we've been kind of debating this. Because it says Shanahan says it was a tough decision and didn't mention yesterday he wasn't sure at what point direction you go to Wilkes. The system didn't align with what the 49ers had run previously adds. It was just it just ended up not being the right fit. Which it kind of stinks to hear, but I can kind of see how that happens. But what does sting for him is 
it almost sucks that they were played in the Super Bowl because by the time that he is now out and available on the market, a lot of teams have already handled their hiring. Mm-hmm. I know that there's some people, and I look, I don't know how many people are listening right now would agree with this, that look up and go, oh, if Steve Wilkes was available, I probably would have preferred him to Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. In, as people a even talked about still bringing in Wilkes because, you know, um, Zimmer's phone rang. Yes, during, yes, during it did. Presser, during the was, course of the press, everyone was like, "Who was that?" Because he he said openly, "Oh, was someone trying someone to get a job?" looking for a job, yeah. And it was kind of in a joking manner, but then everyone on Twitter was like, "Well, all right, just y'all, got fired." I'm gonna be honest; it, it was me. I was like, "Look, man, I, <laughs> Reggie I, was trying to figure out when the press conference started." He like, was gone. Hey, Mike, when we starting this? <laughs> we started. Oh, you on? My bad, my bad, my bad. Didn't mean to hit you there. Yeah, um, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing him here. He, he's done some work in, in other capacities as an assistant defensive coach. So, shoot, bring him on, man. I, I think highly of Wilkes. Um, I, I don't think he was defensive coordinator of the year, but I don't think the 49ers defense was a bottom five defense or even below below average. So I would love to have Wilkes on the staff. I think he did a fine job there. Obviously, didn't fit with what Shanahan had planned for the future. Um yeah, interesting, interesting development that he called that press conference kind of out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, he's he's getting, he's being let go. We're, we're, we will we will not be retaining this guy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it sucks for sucks for Steve Wilkes to be completely honest. Because as someone mentioned on the truckwreck.com text line, it's he he's had a lot of this happen. Because remember, he was the head coach of Arizona that was fired mm-hmm. summarily after one season. He is not. It feels like he has not gotten a fair shake for somebody who is not a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. He seems to be a fairly good coach. Just doesn't really get. A lot of uh, a lot of a uh, rope to deal with. It just seems like so. Uh, Steve Wilkes out on the market again, looking for another job. Yep. Um, before we go, Steve Spagnolo, defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, one that I feel like is one of the elite coordinators in this game right now. I don't know about you. Yep. Um, Probably the elitist. Sounds like Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs agree as they signed him to an extension today. I don't think we know the terms of the extension, but we do know they let us know that he got a contract extension, meaning I imagine they put a little bit of money on him to let him know that they appreciated his fine work this season, and it was indeed fine work because that Kansas City defense was a problem. And Speaking of Kansas City defense, I don't know if you heard uh, Chris Jones at the parade talking about I'm coming back here for another year, and I'm going to be here again and again and, and talking about re-signing that contract, and then his uh, his agent didn't like that too much and went yeah. on to Twitter and said, y'all, can you cut him off? A little, a little too much drink for my right. client. I was about uh, to say, like, messing the, up the contract time. They were before the unfortunate <laughs> events at Kansas City. They were having a blast out there. I saw yeah. Willie Gay was out there yeah. shirtless, Hennessy with Hennessy in his hand, and I, at one point he was laying on the bare ground. Yeah. And I was like, dog, you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, he was having uh, a time. So I imagine Chris Jones was also in that place. But one thing we know about Chris Jones, Chris Jones will hold out if necessary. So. Uh, as much as he, he can say whatever he wants at the parade, when they get into that room with Brett Veach and start having those conversations, I imagine it's not going to be very easy for the Chiefs, but I imagine that they also realize that is a priority. Mm-hmm. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, how hopeful are you with the gamble that the Rangers seem to be taking? As pitchers and catchers reported today, we are on our way to baseball season. We'll discuss it next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.